Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm Ghostface. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. Uh, Ow, man. Hit me with the phone, dick. There's always some stupid bullshit reason to kill your girlfriend. That's the beauty of it. Simplicity. Besides, if it gets too complicated, you lose your target audience. Oh my god, Randy, I thought you were dead. I probably should be. I never thought I'd be so happy to be a virgin. Cue the the theme theme song. I don't know what that was. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. For instance, number one, you can never have sex. Big no-no! Big no-no! Sex equals death, okay? Number two, you can never drink or do drugs. No, the sin factor. It's a sin. It's an extension of number one. And number three, Never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. I'm getting another beer. You want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. Oh. You see, you push the laws and you end up dead. All right. We continue our month of freaking scary movies. And Scary Movie was a parody of the movie we are doing today, which is 1996's Scream. Yeah, Scream, Scream. Everybody knows about Scream, right? Uh, Wes Craven was the director. Um, We had written by Kevin Williamson, and we have David Arquette, Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, Matthew Lillard, Rose McGowan, Skate, 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 Ulrich, and Drew Barrymore for about 15 minutes at the front end. Um, yeah, this movie came out in 96 and slayed at the box office, even though it had a little bit of competition, um, made 173 million on 14 to 15 million. And as I recall it, this, um, triggered a new interest for me in this sort of genre. And I don't know, like this, this kind of, um, got me a a little bit into into like the potential of being into slasher type movies because I think and this is a big part. This movie made fun of itself as it went through. It made fun of old tropes, thereby making fun of itself, and then executed on those tropes. And and um, yeah, I, I think that was a, a funny kind of parody ish way to make a movie, but also relaunch these types of movies. Well, and you know I, what I'm saying. And I was correct. So he Kevin Williams also wrote the original. I know what you did last summer. He wrote the yeah. faculty. He wrote Miss, teacher Mrs. Tangle. He wrote, uh, of course, he wrote all the other Scream movies. And then he had a Scream TV show. Uh, he wrote for Vampire Diaries. He wrote 186 episodes of Vampire Diaries. This guy's been busy. Um, he's got like six projects coming up. One of them's just called yeah. Ghostface. Another scream. He's <laughs> bedtime widow. He's got a ton of shit going on. I didn't realize he had done so much after the Scream franchise. There's so already pretty- four screams, and Nev Campbell and Courtney Cox and David Arquette are in all of them. What the uh, fuck? Do we need yeah. a five? Do we no, need I, a five? I think he's gonna <laughs> reboot Scream with a twenty for next year with like a new cast. It looks like this new fucking Scream might be. So like while I while I was like a fan of of 
scream at the time it came out because it was something different around the genre, which, as I talked about last week, just never was the biggest fan growing up. Um, and, you know, some of the other I Know What You Dids, were, they were watchable, right? They weren't too gory. They weren't too scary, but they were nice introductions. And they had this kind of way of making me feel like, hey, this could kind of happen to me rather than, you know, some of the other movies where the, the kids in the woods or the kids in the camp are just acting so ridiculous. You'd be like, who the fuck are these people? This movie kind of came across as, you know, a slightly more intense version of normal life. Um, but but characters you could kind of get behind and, and you know, understand their plight a little bit, which I found it made it kind of approachable. Not a big proponent of Scream 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. I know what you did last summer, next summer, and the summer after that. I don't like the, all the sequel bullshit. Yeah, I um, agree. But, I mean, like... But the genre got a nice update after this movie, I think. Yeah, out of... I mean, clearly out of all of the shit he's made like what you were just talking about this this would be the best one of of all of those you think like, better than a vampire in brooklyn i no i'm what i'm saying is is like oh you're talking about teen, kevin williamson kevin williams williamson's teen uh slasher movies and all of the sequels yeah. and stuff like even the faculty and the sequels to the other ones this is probably well the reason this is the best is because the other ones are just a ripoff of this um, yeah, yeah. So like, you're comparing everything to this, but I mean, it was it was the most simple, and it felt fresh and new when it came out. I think and it's because yeah. of, it was it was like clean. It was like a proper Hollywood movie. Like if you look at the other stuff, like Nightmare, Hills Have Eyes, stuff like that. Even like Shocker, I guess would be like kind of a Hollywood movie. I guess that would be kind of like in the same sense. But this one was like really cleaned up, like a budget behind it. Well, what was the budget? Yeah. I think that. I think that 15, 16 like 15, million? somewhere around there. 15 oh, man, mil. what a fucking dream if you can make a movie for that much money and, and make 100 mil. Special effects for this are like nothing, right? No, it, it's You just cheap. have this mask and then you have like the typical like false Corn knives syrup. and blood. Corn syrup, syrup yeah. blood. <laughs> yeah, fake like, blood. This is, I mean, I really... Yeah, it's all Except practical. for that girl whose face gets squished in the, uh, in the garage door. You got to have someone make up that head but those are all practical effects and and like you just said there it's either makeup or it's dummies or so it's yeah. like not a lot there's no cg there's like no expensive store i don't even know if c this is 96 so yeah cg was around CG would but, be around because titanic but it wouldn't have been great no and yeah, you wouldn't, the, have yeah, wouldn't have been affordable it would have been affordable no. on a 15 million dollar budget no. no you couldn't have and like, paid for it which I, is probably sure what made that better like who better to have contacts on like we need this scene to snap a person's head and we need a couple of corpses that'll be disemboweled like hmm who has the like the best background to find puppet makers and makeup artists for that West fucking Craven so the yeah, first West the first the first thing I noticed yeah, in this movie so. the opening is like totally like iconic like now do you mean in that opening where Casey Becker, who's played by Drew Barrymore, gets a phone call yeah. and it all goes awry? She just can't hang up that phone. And then she finds out someone she loves is dead, and then she's dead. And then the next day we go on to different characters. And at that school we yeah. meet Sydney. I'm just going to go on here. Uh, Sydney, oh, okay. <laughs> still plagued by the death of her own mother, uh, starts getting some crazy phone calls of her own. And then more shit starts going down as this ghost face figure uh, runs around and um, cuts people open, basically. And it's all related to something going on at the high school, and the Fonz can't even solve it. So what hope do we all have? <laughs> we'll see if Sydney and her band of merry people, including police officer David Arquette, Dewey on the scene, and reporter Courtney Cox uh, playing Gail Weathers, who's trying to 
apparently try and win a Pulitzer and she's like a reality uh, book writer. So fuck no. Uh, anyway, everyone tries to come together and figure life out while still partying like a teenager, which makes for an interesting setting for a scary movie. Uh, you've seen it all before, but kind of in a new and different way this time. So yes, the opening Colin is uh, actually what the, I was gonna say. <laughs> the biggest thing I remember uh, <laughs> is the opening in this movie. Cause it's, it's gritty to the point And, um, uh, I, I remember we we kind of watched this carefully at the time, very competently directed to. Yeah, to that's get what you I was gonna the, say. There you go. So if I, know, I, was I brought gonna, you right to it, man. If I was gonna direct a, if I was gonna direct a horror movie, like a movie with, I would watch the opening of this movie and like study it and write down shots and like steal everything, because Wes Craven had spent a lot of time making these movies and like one of you guys just said. He actually had like a decent budget now and so he was using all those old tricks from like the nightmare on elm street movies in this like more modern looking contemporary movie and it works still i mean the shit works well it works good the way the way that he he uh creeps up behind people or the way that, even the editing and stuff i don't know who did the editing but editing in every movie is really important and in a horror movie it's like just as important for like grabbing your audience's attention to, to tiny yep. little details and stuff and they do a great job of that in the opening of this movie and I think throughout most of the movie the directing is pretty competent yeah oh, I think I so had, yeah I had no problems at all it was like incredibly well lit even at night yeah it's very um, bright it's you, a little it's it's clear right it's a little it's, high key yeah yeah, but it just it makes it easy to watch and gives it this I don't know this polish that plays nicely against the subject matter that we're watching because normally movies that kind of look this clean don't also have, you know, intestines. Yeah, I mean, it looks a little... <coughs> I mean, the high school and day stuff looks a little Dawson Creek type. of, But it kind of works for the movie because they're like high school teens and they're like, there's a murder yeah. and everybody. So it, it works fine. It, it's, it, it lends, lends to this, this movie. Yeah, I can agree with that. I can agree with that lots. Um... <laughs> So I know uh, Courtney Cox really pushed hard to get this role as uh, as Gail Weathers because she was coming off of um, getting going with Friends and this would have been a couple of years into her Friends career and obviously she wanted to break out and do some other stuff. So she was like, I got to get rid of the Monica um, kind of, you know, uh, being, being typecast as Monica, the, <laughs> the intense lady. So she wanted to do a real bitch and she thought this role was it. So apparently she had to push super hard, but eventually won the studio over. The one thing I noticed in this one that I hadn't noticed before is I actually feel like her character doesn't really make a lot of sense. Uh, when, when you first meet her and then like later when she's so nice to Dewey and falls in love with like the nice Dewey guy, and uh, there's a romance between them. I feel like that that actually doesn't make a lot of sense to me watching it again. Um, it didn't. I'm not saying it impacts the whole movie, but definitely felt weird this time watching it because she she's such a toxic bitch in the beginning. That, she is for most of it. I mean, it's but when he's around, all of a sudden she like for some reason has like a heart and gives a shit. It doesn't make any sense. I think I don't he's know. Like even like when young she's young and cute, and he's like a police officer and he's kind of like there with her. And I think she kind of like, I think he's just endearing maybe is mm -hmm. the thing. I know, but you, you need to show that she's not a complete uh, egocentric monster to, to allow for her to give a shit about that. 
and they don't that ever show that. show that i think that's the only time the rest they of do, the times though. though she's on the job is she not so like the rest of the time i think it's the job is her being like vicious and everything else and the moments when she's personal she's tends to be a softer she's not She's not a giant bitch personally, I don't think, if I recall. Just the stuff she like, does to Sydney no, and like, stuff like or is like is so heartless. But yet then yeah, but as soon all as Dewey's around rolling. she has a heart. No, like in the back alley and stuff, like right after she gets released after someone almost tried to kill her, she goes right at her. And like yeah, she's doesn't a dick seem to, to Carl, give a shit. To Kenny too. She's a dick to Kenny. She's a to to Dan terrible from, dick to Kenny. <laughs> yeah, tells, and that's in the personal off-camera time. To Kenny. And it's pretty obvious. Because it's pretty obvious failed. when she starts to talk to Dewey that she's like trying <laughs> to use him. Don't try to justify it, Brent. <laughs> like well, she I, was. I, she I, was they, like. She was like, let's move, and he didn't move, and then she goes, "Look, you're a fat piece of stop shit. Stop being a fat piece of shit. When I say move, let's move. Yeah. Like that's that's again like the job, right? I, a I don't bit, think she that's like went a over the top. And then she was like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I got the sense that she was uh, pretty harsh. Maybe they could have softened her a little sooner. Just a just tiny bit. Or just, a like, bit just before Dewey, just show like some sense of moral decency like somewhere. But they don't. They like go really hard. And like someone was saying earlier, that's probably because she, she wanted to like break away from the Monica nice character but yeah, yeah. anyway yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't also a deal blair because no. no it doesn't matter no. it just it's i guess it makes when she shoots the guy at the end it might be a nicer payoff if we cared more that you know she was just punched in the face unconscious a few seconds before and not like <laughs> yeah well she kind of deserved that uh, what about uh, the other characters um like i mean like yeah, let's go through. Um, I was like, who sucks and who's good? You know what? The acting Randy's in this great. movie, the acting in this movie is is pretty solid all around. Even my man Skeet, who not a big fan of in some other works. Um, everyone's kind of believable for what we're doing in this movie. Like, I don't question any of them being the people. Like, Matthew Lillard is just Matthew Lillard, Lillard all the time. So what are you going to say about him? Personally, not so much for me, but does he do well in this role? Absolutely. I totally believe who he is. Uh, Jamie Kennedy is, is decently funny. Harry Winkler has some funny stuff in here. Wes Craven in his cameo. Linda Blair from The Exorcist has a cameo in this, and she does damn well good, too. I don't even know who she is. She's just a reporter oh. somewhere. Yeah. Well, so, um, <laughs> so you don't know that she does good? Because you don't no, I don't. I was just being. I was just it's talking just about Easter my eggs. Ass. This movie has a ton of Easter eggs. It has like Wes Craven dressed as Freddy in the like as a school janitor. Yeah, Fred. At one point, the one girl <laughs> says, "You guys keep watching all those Wes Carpenter movies." Like she mixes up yeah. the John Carpenter and Wes Craven. Yeah. Yeah. There's the uh, there's the Linda Blair stuff. I mean, there's there's definitely a lot of yeah. There is a ton. Wes Craven put in here. I I would so, yeah. I liked all of the acting except for Skeet Ulrich. Is it Skeet Ulrich? Ulrich? I'm not Ulrich. actually sure. Just whatever his name Skeet. is, because it was like someone was always whispering in his ear, "Be like, be like, smolderingly intense or something." All of the time, he's just like. It's just how he is. Talks, I've come just, to understand. And then they play they play this music with him too that makes it even worse. So his eyes, you know, Sid just going to talk like this, like this smoldering intensity, like even when we're just having a casual conversation about getting a sandwich for lunch. So I thought that was terrible. He did that the whole time. So actually, I didn't really like him in this, but I really, really enjoy uh, everybody else, including uh, 
what's his face that you'd mentioned? What's his name? Matthew uh, Lillard. Ma- yeah, I liked him in this, and I really, really like Jamie Stu. Kennedy. Jamie Kennedy actually. Jamie Kennedy was surprised to me because I felt like he, his comic relief in a lot of this movie was like worked really well. Like the stuff at the video store, the stuff where he's talking about the movies on the couch and explaining it to everybody and stuff. I thought that all worked really well. No, it's mm. wicked. I love the device of having a movie nerd inside of yeah. like the inside of the horror movie, kind of explaining. Yeah, because me too. I think That's... that this movie did bring a certain realm of slasher to the mainstream. Like, I don't think, like John said, like he wasn't really into stuff like this. So probably like, you know, teenage slashers weren't something he was pursuing heavily, but to have Wes Craven do this and then kind of explain the genre for people in this silly way. It's fun, like right? Saying, like he does a and great job you, of like easing yeah. the tension and yeah. it's fucking awesome. And actually. educating it as well as entertaining. Definitely. Yeah. It's a great, it's it was really a great smart. device. Like he, and he does a really good job of doing it. Like that whole, that whole argument he has with Willard at the video store about who did it and stuff and like motives are incidental and all that stuff. It's really fun. And like yeah. I enjoyed it as much now as I enjoyed it back when it came out. So I feel like that stuff all still works. Um, yeah. And uh, it's still a part of history. All those movies and stuff. Uh, the, you know, Halloween's and uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Like even the stuff with the phone call at the beginning of the movie where he he asks her the questions and stuff about who the killer was and this or that movie. And they are paying he what I mean. This is a really Wes Craven paying tribute to the genre that gave him so much yeah, yeah which is which i think is what makes this movie stand out amongst all the other ones was yeah it doesn't was, it doesn't bash other movies other directors in the horror genre that some easily could have done to say like i'm the best and you got because like let's face it this guy's like a god in in this area um he was yeah but he's paying so, tribute so yeah, to it was all nice to see it was, it was yeah, yeah yeah it was great little including bits of this himself. little bits of that yeah including himself but he has a place there, so I think it's... He has a big place I, there. Yeah. Well, I and the screenwriter uh, must have been, like, based on the script, must have been, like, such a fanboy of Craven. When Craven decided to direct it, he must have, like, been over the moon that he got Craven. Because, yeah. like, I, because of the themes of the movie, right? And stuff like that. I wonder how that all went down. I'd be really curious to know, actually. Because, I mean, at any point that you found out Wes Craven was involved in, like in a big budget like gonna be a big release horror movie you'd be so fucking pumped to be anywhere near this project oh, this, yeah. ha- this had such a, a bullseye target audience too like they fucking like they, they knew exactly who their audience was right like it was gonna be the certain demographic that certain demographic yeah. of like you know 14 to like 32 or whatever the fuck and they nailed it and that's why it made so much money what did you see it made 175 John yeah, off of 15. Yeah, and that's a 96. So, like, yep. that's crazy money. <laughs> 96. Yeah. That's nothing today. It's going to make, like, a billion dollars today. But but back then, that was a huge success. Tis true. Tis. Um, I notice... It's weird. When I think of this movie, though, I don't always think of Nev Campbell, even though she does she does really well here. Um but this, that's not the first thing I think of when I think of this movie. So that's pretty interesting. She's in like oh. all the sequels as well. Yeah. As Sydney. 
Yeah, I think you think Drew Barrymore, you think Courtney Cox, and you can't help but to think of fucking Doofy because he's so fucking Doofy in this movie. And uh, yeah, like that's Kelly the, was saying, we were watching like Dewey. scary movie almost. I know, I'm just saying Doofy because that's what he's I know, I know. Movie. It's um, scary movie is so, so profoundly and excellently rips off this movie that you kind of get mixed up between the scenes. Like, like Dewey is doofy. And then you think that it's a total um, exaggeration of his character until you see how absolutely inept he is throughout the beginning of the movie. And you're like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's like they had to go that far to push him to the point that he was. Like, yeah, it is. It, it is crazy. It's, it's crazy that this was a parody of horror genre movies. And then someone made a parody of this. And the parody is almost more memorable than this. It is that is a weird. That's how I was feeling when I was watching it too. Because every scene that would come, I would be like, "Oh, in scary movie they did this, or in scary movie they did that, or <laughs> I want to." I I don't remember the actor who played the father from this movie. I only remember the actor who played Sydney's father in Scary Movie. So once again, uh, that happened to me so much watching this movie. We'll have to do that one because. I don't think we've ever done... Well, I guess we've done kind of like, uh, uh, you know, like the naked guns and stuff like that. But I'm, this isn't exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, airplane. Like airplane. We should pro- definitely probably put that on the list some, sometime down the road. Oh, yeah. That's the one that started that genre is airplane. I mean, that's the original. There was nothing like that before airplane. Um. Okay, so like, I feel like we've been gushing on this movie a little bit. I I did want to bring up a few things that um, I yeah, found kind of funny. Yeah, let's talk about the flaws. Fuck yeah. Funny, or there are some flaws, but there's a there's a little bit. Some I might have understood this incorrectly. So if anyone has had any um, thoughts about this after, but basically, Sydney uh, starts to doubt that she saw Cotton Weary. Uh, walking away from the scene um, after her mother had just been murdered. Um, And so uh, Courtney Cox's character, Gail, says that she talked to Cotton and has no reason not to believe him except that he's a murderer on death row. Um, And he says that he left his jacket behind. Yeah, banging her mom. mom. Um, and, And that it was then planted on him and I was like so really their story is that he showed up forgot left and forgot his coat the killer showed up put on his coat killed her and then went and took the coat back to him um basically <laughs> just giving it put back it to in him. his car and put it in his car yeah, yeah that's why it was in his car, car. so and he wouldn't even know it was missing right <laughs> And it had blood on it too, and it's so, such a weak story. It's a terrible. Yeah, it's a. T- yeah, it's, any lawyer would have told them that no one's going to buy that, and we cannot use that story. Yeah. So you had the bloody jacket. Yeah, I did, and I had it that night earlier, but I left it, and it was put back in my car. Oh, that's fucking convenient. Yeah, You're innocent. That is exactly what happened. <laughs> You're totally innocent. So, but it actually, yeah, it was true apparently. But it was enough to get Sydney thinking. I guess she just couldn't logic the shit out of that one. <laughs> yeah. Um. So when did uh, I don't know? Also, don't know when the guys grabbed Sydney's dad. Did he like he left town and they kidnapped him and kept him for a couple of days on his way to the him? airport or something? It yeah, was, like they, wherever he was going. Yeah, it was um. 
they they do talk about it in the movie. I can't remember, but he's he's been missing um, since shortly after that first shit went down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What that's happens they, is that's why yeah. they think it's him because he's he's gone. The, like everyone's like there's these murders going on, and he just like disappears. So they're like, well. He probably killed the mom and now... Yeah. So I know they were... Yeah. But if I think on the other side of that, those two guys had to have had a kidnapped victim tied up somewhere for, I don't know, a week or two and been also like feeding him and wiping his ass and doing whatever else you need to do with the prisoner you have tied up in your basement. So that that, I just... I thought about that. Yeah. Well, and so also... So he comes and says goodbye to her that he's leaving for a couple of days. And then when the cops go looking for him where he's supposed to have been, they cannot reach him or get a hold of him. So how come Sydney's not more upset that her father is now missing? Like yeah. she never really brings that up with anybody or needs to talk about how her father is missing. Like <laughs> she she's basically a, a missing person. And gives up her virginity. That's like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, while her father is missing. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, this is the moment I've been waiting for when good old papa is gone. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna give it up. Yeah. Gonna give yeah. it up. Also, I also. Oh, oh, sorry, go ahead, John. Well, I've been talking a lot, Colin. Why don't you go? I was just going to say, she doesn't seem to trust him even after they have sex. So, is it a turn on for her that he might be a killer? Because. Right after the sex, she still seems unsure that he's not. So would a girl who who wasn't wasn't turned on by that have you know sex we, with someone they thought might be a killer? That seems we weird in the business too. call that post nut clarity. Yeah. I mean, oh. She was all horned up, then she banged him, then her mind was clear oh, because and she then didn't it have all that horn in. in the way. Yeah. And she was like, Jesus fuck. I mean, I feel great, yeah. but I also feel terrible again now because I'm realizing stuff. Yeah, I yeah. mean that could—that's a possibility, I suppose. It's—it's <laughs> um, it's my only theory. <laughs> so my my um, it, it dawned on me that part of the two guys who are our killers here, um, their plan was to kill Drew Barrymore, Casey Becker, and her boyfriend Steve Stove. Uh, sorry, Stove. Um, to start the rampage so that they could wind it down by killing Sydney, I think was their kind of plan because he was pissed that Sydney's mom had been banging her dad, his, his sorry, dad. her mom had been banging his dad and then broke his heart. Cause she, I think she left. She, she ran left. out on them when, when she found out. So she left. So he is all bummed because his mom left because his dad was cheating. Right. So broke he up lost the, right. his mom because she right. broke up the family. Right. So apparently Sydney's mom was like fabulously like whorish. Yeah. Yeah. Was like she that's the type of lady I like weary. to have around town. The picture they used of her as a further character did not seem, look that way, but I guess how can you tell? I, I also don't understand how it benefits though Matthew Willard and Skeet to like kill their girlfriends. Like why would they want to kill their, their girlfriends? Yeah. Skeet's so girlfriend's pretty sexy. And she was actually kind of nice too, other than to Dewey. She fucking treated Dewey like a piece of shit, but she seemed that like cool. Brother. I thought she yeah. was cool. And so no, like, was, what was their was justification true. in killing yeah. her? And like Sydney, I get, but why did they want to kill her and like other people? And everybody else too. Yeah. Like, the principal like why don't they just and, kill Sydney? 
And uh, so like I did, that's what I ended up thinking about most was those two guys, like to be a savage, like belly slitting murderer, you got it. You're a certain personality type. And so not only are these guys best friends, they're of the same personality defects that would have them murdering people like this. And they can also carry on in the real world fantastically well and possibly keep a grown man tied up in the basement alive for a couple of days without people finding that shit out. Um, these again are just so minor because in, in horror movies you usually don't have to explain this stuff too deeply, but I just can't help my brain but going there. Yeah, no, no a did, lot of the time I did too. I did find something, Colin, that might explain um, that relationship between Doofy and Courtney. Um, apparently that role was, was originally written to be like a hunky, macho leading type of dude. Mm. Um, so they probably had the script written for that type of guy. David Arquette gets it. God knows why. Um, <laughs> he's not a great actor. Um, and then he changes the role completely to like this naive kind of like fumbling, you know, dummy, I guess. I, I don't know what else to call him really. He kind of plays a, a goof. Yeah, he's a bungling. But a, but yeah. so an example of of where they take Courtney too far in the beginning though is like because it's it's based on her root core fucked upness, which is when she she realizes that maybe that that guy didn't do it because she she even doesn't really seem to believe that Cotton is innocent until Sydney kind of gives her that look, and she turns to her guy and she's like, oh my god, like maybe he is actually innocent. And you, and then and then instead of she's like I could save an innocent man, but instead of stopping there, she goes, you know what this is gonna do for my book sales. So it's once again she's a selfish cunt. So like <laughs> doesn't really. So I'm supposed to like her just because she has a thing for Dewey now. That's so not I'm at all saying, what I'm talking about. I'm talking about them being <laughs> together. Originally makes more sense because Doofy is mo- supposed to be like a big like the kind of meathead hunk that that type of chick would go for. Instead of being like the passive, like, like bumbling idiot that David Arquette is. So when you're saying like that relationship doesn't work, that's kind of what I'm referencing. Oh, okay. And not that's so fair. much, not so much her being a bitch, which I don't disagree with, by the way. I yeah. sometimes just play devil's advocate for the sake of it. Yeah, no. And that's, and that's totally fair for me. It's just like, uh, you're supposed to like Courtney at the end. So like they should have just, yeah, I think they should have just pulled back a little bit on her selfish like egocentricness if they would have just pulled back it would have been just easier to have liked her and also kind of found their relationship like kind of charming or cute or whatever but but yeah that is interesting like if it was a thor type uh actor who was playing dewey yeah if it's chris hemsworth then all yeah then that could have been no wonder why she goes (laughs) for him yeah, and that's and that would have also been better for her character too because it doesn't then it doesn't matter. Yeah, then it just it completely makes sense that it's just a physical attraction. Yeah, and I mean David Arquette in real life is kind of more doofy <laughs> than this doofy guy. He's good looking. He's like good looking enough, like for it he to is, it to make sense like, in this movie. That guy is, anyway. is like a like a seventeen year old boy wrapped up in a man's body. Yeah. Well, and like Courtney Love actually did fall in love with him and marry him. So, like, he was yeah. decent, definitely decent enough looking to get someone like Courtney. So, huge dick, probably. Courtney Cox, yeah. not Courtney Love. Oh, sorry. Yeah. It's That's all a good. big difference. <laughs> That's yeah. a huge yeah. difference. Yeah, a whole toxicity report. <laughs> <Yep>. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's true. Okay, so what did you guys think of... Okay, so once again, yeah, they kill the principal. So let's... Who do they all kill? They kill Drew Barrymore. She's they dead. They kill Drew Barrymore's brother. Or boyfriend, they, sorry. They kill her boyfriend, so that's two. They kill the principal, correct? They kill the principal. They kill... Um, there's somebody else. Isn't there somebody else we're missing? Did they kill someone else before the party? Uh, they kill the girl, the the Rose McGowan. Yeah, she dies. Oh, sorry. They kill Rose McGowan, yeah. and They, they kill uh, Kenny. Yeah, they kill Kenny and put him on the roof of the van. But yeah, what I was right. trying to figure out was who they... All, so also, they go to Sydney's house and... And it seems like with the intention of killing Sydney earlier on, and uh, and yeah. then one of them's not in costume, but the other is. But but their plan seems to be like. And correct me if I'm wrong. Their plan seems to be that they want to make it appear like there's some kind of crazed serial killer in town that's slashing up young teenage kids, so that they can kill Sydney and blame yep. it on her father. Is that right? Yeah. 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 So maybe they were so just So why did to they go after out? Sydney to try and like but like to freak her out like he had a knife to her neck. He didn't kill her while she was on the ground and then she kicks him. But then he chases her with a knife. What was he going to do if he caught her? Not I don't kill know. her? Yeah. Have a conversation yeah. with her? And when the guy's like fighting his way in the bedroom and then stops and then Skeet comes right in like it just stretches the imagination as to how even they could be yelling to each other like, hey, man, I couldn't get in a room. You jump in without your uniform and scare her and we'll see if we can get her out. But it also like begs like the that. question why, why yeah. she would question why she would question Skeet when like five seconds earlier he was at the door swiping at her with a knife and now he's at a window. That made no so sense. What was the deal? Speed. What was the point of the phone? Did they want him to drop it so she would suspect him and then he would go to jail to be proven innocent so he couldn't be suspected of the crime? Well, and it was like 90 That's seconds. actually not a bad plan, the way I just I described know, that it. That feels deeper than I think they're capable of in Me this Me too, movie. yeah, I think That so is too. a great plan. I will acknowledge that. But I don't know that Matthew Lillard and Scooter are coming up with that. No, and and also, like, why does it take so long in this, this world to get fucking phone records that should be readily available to the police department i think that no? used to be maybe a thing you had to wait for maybe you and get, then you had to get the printout from the dot matrix today the phone thing him dropping his phone wouldn't make wouldn't be at all suspicious since everyone has some a of that stuff phone. is super hilarious because they, all, they the phone. she's like what are you doing with the cell they phone? say that what are you doing with the cell phone in the cop station too it's hilarious yeah. so funny it is, but yeah, today obviously that wouldn't make any sense. So you'd have to have no. a different reason for her to. Uh, he would have to drop the knife or the mask or something. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing with that mask yeah. in your pocket <laughs> and a knife? Yeah, they're brazen. Then the the two the the ghost face guys because they're like in the school and in the mall. They're like dressed that, up as ghost that also face. made no sense either. But no, it's a smaller shop. No one can. Oh yeah, that's right. And like no one saw them. So what were they doing? Yeah, it makes no that sense. Stuff. If, yeah, if they were following so I was her, say, that stuff is a bit much for me. Like, yeah, I like seeing him, and you can. The thing is, like, we talked about that. You don't need to have them in the costume. You can have them like in a hoodie. You could have someone in a hoodie, like nondescript, totally. dark figure, just like peeking around. Or you could even have. Well, I guess you don't want to give the reveal away, so not them. But you can have these figures in the background without having full ghost face costume. Like, yeah, that is not going to be acceptable in anywhere. 
No, no it doesn't Th- make any sense. Those kids get sense. expelled for doing that at school. Like, you think yeah. anyone is doing that with that bad of taste around town? Also, uh, why are they following? Them. Why are they fall? following her around in the first place because nothing ever comes of them following her so if they were following her for like in in information or intel or something but they're not they just they try to attack her at her house and they attack her at the party but like they're following her is useless so like why it's would they be like, doing don't it don't forget don't forget yeah, ghost faces around ghost faces around yeah yeah, yeah. there's Silly. a couple of like other moments in this movie where like people decide to kick or punch with the butt of their knife and I'm or like take these giant wind up stabby moves like that's a big knife bellies are nice and soft you would just slip it in like warm butter so um but anyway the the crimes <laughs> that they do like movies the crimes John that has they do really thought about this too <laughs> yeah a little bit the crimes that they do there's no way they don't walk out with like little nicks or cuts or bloody knuckles or ripped off fingernails or other physical evidence that would just be apparent that these boys are like killing and stringing up bodies disemboweling all that kind of stuff they don't get any blood they do operate like surgeons as far as hanging bodies and taping bodies to chairs and like they got that guy in a minute outside like they're like turn off the the, the lights turn off and and then she turns them back on and that guy's intestines are hanging out yeah that guy's fast as fuck yeah, and nobody gets a fingerprint anywhere. Those guys have their fingerprints on everything. Yeah. They're not being cautious at all. Yep. Yeah, it's their totally spit true. would be in the fucking recorder still. I think we had yeah. spit technology in the nineties, didn't we? <laughs> I'm sure we did. Yeah, I'm sure we fuck, did, guys. Um, but other than that, um, none of what I just described like ruins anything. It's just uh, you know, and you could even say some of it maybe is intentional to be tropey and not make sense because they could perfectly get away with that and um to to create a character who has like the right background and and motivation to be a a psycho killer you know i don't want to think that hard let's just bring out rose mcgowan in her tight top again you betcha on that yeah yeah well yeah that was a tweet um but (laughs) she also was good in this i found didn't yeah. one of you tell me that Rose McGowan was was actually raised like like the real Rose McGowan was raised in a sex cult? Is yeah, was that one was. of you guys? That was me. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's the first time I'd ever heard that. That oh, was a yeah, that's a truth. Interesting, interesting piece of information. She talks about that. Yeah, I think she had. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, she was really good in this, and I don't I don't really know that many other movies I've watched with her in them. Uh, but I, I can't. Yeah, I mean, good. she's she's not a, a superstar, but she's been in a couple things. And I, I think, think she's like she's Grindhouse. She was in Grindhouse. She was in Grindhouse. I think yeah. the reason the reason why uh, John doesn't think of Nev Campbell when he watches or when he thinks about this movie is there is something about her character that's a little flat. Um, well, she's very she naive just, and innocent and withdrawn. Like she's just kind of, she's just a little boring and one-dimensional. She doesn't have a lot of dimensions, so so she does doesn't well, kind of stand. She does the job, but she's not memorable in this movie. She's more memorable in a movie like Wild Things than in this. She and that's not her fault. I don't <laughs> think she was just playing. She was playing the role she was given, and she does a good job at it. But like, wasn't much. She does of a have role. to step it up. Like, she does lots of physical stuff in this movie: running away, getting into fights, being tossed around, and then she blows Skeet Ulrich's face off. Yeah, at I'm the just end. talking She's more about her, char- with her smart lines. Yeah, her I'm just trying to like just 
the dowdy innocent character and that's yeah so that's, and it's apparently what, yeah. that's all why Wes Craven wanted her is because yeah. he'd seen her on Party of Five or whatever the fuck she was on yeah. and he thought that she had like that naive like withdrawn girl type like dialed but he felt exactly like you guys are saying like she had that sh- that capacity to show strength and like more constitution later on yeah. which I think she does well too because she's like you see her She's like scared in the very beginning, but it doesn't take her long to like to make her back rigid and be like be like a fucking badass chick, right? Yeah. But even which, in the which other she movies, definitely is more so than any other woman in this. But in the other movies, she's similar as well. They just doesn't seem like this the screenwriter she's meek. They just don't they just don't give her a lot of anything to do other than like she's scared, she's scared. She doesn't yeah. like it. Then she gets tough. So it's just like she doesn't do much, right? She's not a very active character, which is why. Yeah. And the other people are so much bigger, um, like Willard and uh, Randy and and even uh, McGowan, that they like stand out much more than her. And she kind of kind of, a lot of the time blends into the background. Even Gail Weathers is a little bit more of a big character than her. Yeah, with the yeah. colored outfits and the personality. Yeah, yeah they should have just given her a little bit more to do, but that's okay. Whatever. It, it definitely works for the movie. Yep. The one thing that bothers me, it bothered me always, was there's too much explaining, explain-a-log. I fucking hate explain-a-log. And there's way too much of it at the end. All we need to know is that Skeet's character did this because she broke up his parents his her mom broke up his family her mom was sleeping with her dad and her mom was the reason why her her mom her his mom left yeah so that that's it that's all they had to say the rest of that stuff they say at the end is nonsense and it goes on way too long and then the fact that they stab each other repeatedly before before, taking care of her and the dad before they take care of her and her father they like basically are woozy from blood loss and stuff they shouldn't have been stabbing each other they leave the room they leave the room to go look at what else is going on and nev campbell's left there just like she'd probably be like looking around be like okay there's a knife there i'm just gonna walk out the back door so so there's about a five minute chunk there that's real bad and and doesn't work and it, it just comes off as like silly um, but it but, is, but again, it is kind of funny, like because he does throw a lot of that comedy. And when there was a scene earlier that was like actually really funny, we talked about when we were watching it. What scene was that? There was like, there was a really good comic break in this. Maybe with it was Randy, the, the where movie, Randy's the talking star. about the movies. Yeah, maybe it was the Randy and the movie star. That stuff's yeah. all good. Um, all the Randy stuff is good. No, totally. But I mean, it just might have been a tension break at that end because there was like a lot of like rapid killing and pursuit and chase and everything. <laughs> and I, I personally fucking love watching Matthew Lillard lose blood. And he's like, he's like, I'm starting to get woozy, man. And, like, and then when he throws the phone at him, one of you guys quoted that at the beginning. Where he's like, yeah. <laughs> with the phone. Like, yeah. 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 So I don't so mind. funny. funny. But he's good in that scene. But the scene is bad just because she asks them why. And then instead of them telling her why right away, they go into like a whole bunch of fucking stupid shit. But like, well, did blah, blah, blah have a motive? Did no. Did this guy? No. And then then they just go on and on and on. And then finally he's like, oh, and it's this is the real reason. 
it was just like, oh, well, let's just get to that then. Like, we didn't need all this other shit. Yeah. Because I mean, there's a bit of it was silly for sure. Yeah. It just, it just, it just, to me, it, it, if you would have edited a lot of that out, it would have been much stronger. And we just want the movie to be over. Once you know who the killers are and stuff, the less conversation about why and all of that stuff, the better. Right? Yeah. You just like reveal reveal the reason why then, if you're going to give them a motive. Yeah, she's like, but why? And he's like, because your mom fucked my dad and now I don't have a mom anymore, you fucking bitch. Now I'm going to wipe your whole family off the face. And now I'm going to stab Willard. (laughs) 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 So when the cops come, yeah, like that's what they should have done. And that would have been fine. No one would have (laughs) noticed. Yeah, yeah, thanks to your banging mom, Lillard's getting it. <laughs> <laughs> like this, like this. And, uh, and also how he convinced him to, his buddy to do it. They, you don't need to know. His buddy's yeah. just a psycho. Like she even calls them psychos and stuff like that. So we don't, it doesn't really matter. No, it's true. It's true. It's just supposed to be fun and stuff anyway, right? So like just keep it fun yeah. and light. Yeah, I guess on the thankful side, it is there's very little like fat to cut other than what you're talking about with some of that exposition. And then like a few of the scenes where we see Ghostface and she's like unaware, you just didn't need like I don't need to see her shopping with Rose McGowan. Like what the fuck? The movie goes by very quickly. But the rest of it is like is quick. So like you're talking maybe a five, six minute shave of some stuff. And um, yeah, it could have been saved. And like uh, and once again, like. I blink and it's over and that's what you want in a yeah. horror movie it's just it's fun and it's done fun and it's done I that's agree, what it should Smidley. say on the box it'll say on the bottom of the box Colin Carroll says fun and done there you go well, speaking of <laughs> speaking of done you yeah. want to call this one Brent you got an opinion you'd like to share with the group yeah I'll go first I think that this holds up for sure um, and I've been pretty outspoken throughout my history of never being like a fan of this movie but watching it again now i actually found it like totally enjoyable it's a fine slasher flick it's um it's more quality than you're used to if you're a slasher fan and i like a lot of the little nods i like how it's kind of plays on all the horror tropes and they poke fun at themselves and at the end of the day fucking west craven does like we talked about this the first opening scene uh with drew barrymore the tension is fucking tight, man. Like yep. he does suspense really well in this movie. And I mean, how the fuck am I going to knock it? That's exactly what we're here for. We're here to see fucking a little bit of scare and always that little bit of inevitable horror comedy, which he pulls off really well. I like this movie holds up man. it's good. I can't talk about the music cause I can't really fucking recall it. I think that there was like some <laughs> obvious nineties rock in here that maybe, yeah, there was uh, my ear one way or another a couple times, but overall, the acting is all good. Um, everyone's serviceable. I even actually don't mind David Arquette, despite fucking knocking him earlier. I think that he's a pretty good dude, and he's fine in this role. Um, there are some problems, like you're talking about. Courtney Cox is a little bit overboard. Her relationship between her and Doofy <laughs> doesn't really make a hundred percent of sense. Um. <laughs> And I mean, Nev Campbell's kind of a little bit, a little bit in the background for being the star, the main character. So those are all things that maybe I'd like to see changed a little bit, but otherwise I fucking think it's awesome. And I'd put Jamie Kennedy in like this movie every single time. If I was going to recast it, I'd keep Jamie Kennedy every time. I think he's fucking one of the big pluses. 
Nice. Oh, strong God. words. A strong one. What think you, Colin? Yeah, you know what? I actually, when we, right before we started watching this, I had decided it wasn't going to hold up, but I was wrong. I actually think it does. I, mm. I was really surprised. I thought the ending was going to be too much to ruin it, but the reason why I don't think it is is because after you get rid of all that stupid bullshit and Sydney gets away, they do the whole thing where uh, where they they how does how does Willard die again? Um, I don't Matthew remember. Willard? Yeah, I don't remember. Did he just bleed out? <laughs> What's his name stabbing him? No, he he gets another burst and he comes after Sydney. Yeah, I think maybe shot. I I think maybe too. I know. Oh that, no! Uh, you know what? She fucking drops a TV on his head. Oh, oh my right God, that's I can't right believe too. we didn't talk about it. And the TV shocks him. Yeah, she well, anyways, stabs him, stabs him with an umbrella. I'm not a big fan no, of the TV so on the head scene. She stabs <laughs> Skeet with the umbrella. But anyways, and then they say that he's going to come back for like one last death blow or whatever, one last scare, and then she shoots him in the head and stuff. It, it once again kind of goes back to what the original intent of the movie was, which was to examine and parody and make fun of horror movies. And so it kind of saves itself at the end again and makes it all okay by doing that, by going back to what the movie was supposed to be about, which is supposed to be funny and fun. So, you know what? I think it saves itself. And uh, and I think for what it is, it's great. I think it works still after all of this time. Surprisingly, I, I think it, it justifiably um, d- did deserve all of the, uh, you know, kind of the buzz that it got at the time when it came out. It started like a whole def- different like hor- horror film uh, genre. It started its own thing, uh, which was, you know, kind of cool. And Wes Craven was involved with it as well. So like, how can you top that? So yeah, it holds up for me. Which is awesome because Williamson wrote this to be like a tribute to the movies that he grew yeah, up with and loved. To, and then he tr- ended up redefining a genre. Yeah, totally. Yeah. He, he And also making fun of it. And Wes Craven leans into it. Yeah, he does. yeah. Like, the to- Wes Craven got totally got it what he was trying to do and wanted to be, wanted to direct it, which is great. Yeah. So yeah, this Johnny, movie um, it Johnny was written Bryan. like really gory. This movie, from what I from what I understand, but the studio that ended up picking it up was like, you got to cut all that shit out so we can make this. And then Wes Craven came aboard and they're like, you can have some of that gory stuff back. We we know this guy can handle his shit. <laughs> So it's really interesting to think of, of the evolution of, of how this came to be. And um, yeah, I don't know what more I can say over what you guys said. I think it holds up too. Uh, and not even a fan of the horror genre. It's it's just got enough. It's not so gross. You'd, you're actually grossed out. It's not like realistic gore. So it always keeps that light. This is a movie edge while still making you lean forward and be like, fuck, that's messed up, man. Getting gooded like that, hung up from the tree. As implausible as it is in like a two minute time period. It sure is pretty scary. Um, so yeah, uh, none of the flaws of what's are in here are things that ruin it. And maybe because the movie doesn't take itself, I don't know, can I say that it doesn't take itself seriously because it intended to make fun of the things it satirized itself while it was going, which just gives that's it... That's how I thought at the end, yeah. That's it why gives I you feel so like much the ending leeway. gets saved is because it, it goes back to that. And like yeah. it's most of the time it's doing that. Yeah. There's a couple of points where it diverts from that and tries to be something else, but it always finds its way back to, to yeah. that fun. Yeah. Well, I, Randy's talking about in that last house about the rules, and then he says you can't have sex, 
because yeah, you're sinning. Yeah. And as soon as you sin, you die. Yeah. And then upstairs, Sydney is having sex. She's losing her virginity. Yeah. And she makes it. So like they, they, they tell you the rules and they build suspense them and then they break them. It's fucking that stuff. Rand even makes a joke about it where he says, like, I've never been so happy to be a virgin because he survived, which is yeah, really yeah. funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really yeah. funny. Yeah, it does the right things. Like even the um the the Fred, the janitor, it's just funny enough. He's not like he doesn't have the scar face or the knife finger, is he just is wearing the outfit? It's a light nod. It just it doesn't take itself too seriously. And for that reason, I end up giving it tons of credence, like tons of leeway in, in how harsh I'm going to be with, you know, that's like no one would survive a stab wound like that. You wouldn't just stab your butt, whatever. Doesn't matter. It's a fucking crazy movie. We, yeah, another yeah. one too, Johnny, was when we, we were all talking about how when she was getting pulled up by the garage door and we were like, oh God, no, there's no way this garage is, door would kill her. But then when they show it and you see what happens to her head, you're like, oh fuck. Well, they convinced me <laughs> yeah. with the visual that yeah. that would kill her. So they I, yeah. they do a good job of like covering their ass a lot of the time. I think. Yeah. Getting hit That's with the, beer bottles would hurt so fucking bad. Yeah, yeah he ridden in the dick with that one. If someone yeah, threw she a beer hits, bottle, she chest, throws a beer bottle oh right in his face. Yeah, his chest and his head. Oh my god! And then like no bruising, no nothing. Oh yeah, hey, we never thought about there. that. That yeah. is a good point. And like they get kicked in the face, kicked in the chest off, you know, there just would be more scratches and nicks that would be more evidence. But anyway, who cares? It's fun. They would it's just be walking around black and blue at school <laughs> all yeah. the time. Yeah. Their eyes have like big, guys? huge black, black eyes and welts on their foreheads and stuff. That's funny. They'd have to they should have done that, that in a scary movie. They'd have to start a rumor that they're partners with each other and they just love super violent shit. Ultra violence for us. That's what they'd say. The good they should be partners and open a moving company for how efficiently they can fucking hang a body. Can you imagine those guys with a couch? Bam, Seriously. bam, bam. With uh, Lillard's quick tongue and Skeet Ulrich's smoky gaze. I gotta That's be honest. Have, I did not think this movie ever. was gonna get three holdups. So I'm, I'm actually so, pretty surprised. I didn't think it was gonna get one. I would well, even I go either. so far as to say that, like, this is a movie. If someone was like, "I've never really liked horror. I've never been into horror," I'd be like, "Watch Scream." This would be like the intro movie into the genre. I would say because it's not yeah, too over the top. Idea, it would turn actually. you off. It's nice and light. Um, yeah, it's got the right. It's got the right pieces. Yeah, it's it is a good introduction. Right stuff. It also yeah. educates you on the genre and like the history yeah, and all that right. stuff too. It's fun. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Shockingly. All right. Well, fucking surprise, surprise. My uh, uh, my barber, Kara, today told me that Scream 4 is awesome. So we might need to go through the Scream series at some point. Maybe wow. we'll do, do you know one a year for the next a, four that years. That's a big cast, actually. Allison Brie, Hayden Panettiere. Um, it's got David Arquette, Courtney Cox again, fucking, yeah. uh, what's her name? Nev Campbell. Nev, yeah. Um, I can't remember. It's got, it's got a big cast and number four. She said it's the best. Yeah. So Green there it four, is. Hey, um, she's a, she's a self-help guru. That's <laughs> nice. Nice. So okay. So far I got a 60. Next way. Uh, next way. Next week is cube. Um, good luck finding cube out there, everybody. We don't, know quite how we're going to find it yet but we're damn well going to do it um and if we don't find it then it'll be a surprise uh but i'm confident we will get it into us uh i remember that one the indie movie from many many years back um and got a bunch of higher budget sequels that probably sucked okay we have oh, it I great don't have it maybe 
Okay, well, We'll whatever. We'll figure it out. That's for us, not for you. You just sit back and enjoy as you do. So go check out Scream. Introduce that one. Uh, Definitely over Rosemary's Baby and the Battle of Halloween movies. It's Scream 1, Rosemary's Baby. (laughs) Okay. Uh, It's great to have spent some time with you folks. We'll see you next week as we drop that one in. Excellent, excellent. And uh, have a great day. And as always, enjoy your shit. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.